Okay, well, that was beautiful, wasn't it? What a great job they did. Just love hearing Steve and Pete just express their, their heart for God through their gifts, through, through music, through sound, through worship. It was pretty special, wasn't it? Hey? Question for you. Question. Are you familiar with the books Where's Wally? Have you come across the Where's Wally books? Perhaps, perhaps you read them as a child, like I did. Uh, you know, they were, they were released first in 1987. How amazing is that? I had no idea that the Where's Wally books were so old until I did a quick Google yesterday. 1987, the first Where's Wally book was released. Uh, perhaps your kids have some of those books on the bookshelf. I know uh, we had some on our bookshelf up until uh, a year or so ago. Um, they're, they're still popular, even though they've been around for such a long time. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not familiar with Where's Wally, uh, the, the Where's Wally world is this really uh, a page of busy, uh, detailed, small little figures of people going about their business in a, in a scene. And it's a very intricate world. And you need to try and see the little character called Wally. And he's wearing a red and white striped shirt and he's got uh, blue jeans on. And I think, does he have a beanie? Does anyone know he has a beanie? Yeah, he has a beanie. And so he wears a beanie as well. And you've got to try and spot this tiny little Wally amongst this, this whole sea of other very similar looking characters. And it can be really hard to see this Wally character. I was reflecting about why these books are so timelessly relevant. And I think it's because we can relate to Wally. I, I think it's because there's something about, um, you know, feeling like this tiny, insignificant little person in this, this big sea of busyness all around us. And, and, you know, we're going about our daily life, aren't we, to work and parenting and et cetera, et cetera. We're going about our daily life in the world. But we kind of feel, you know, like lost in it a bit. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever just feel a bit lost in, in this sea of busyness and this sea of people? And I think, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's most of us. I think we all want to know that someone who is bigger and greater than ourselves is looking out for us and looking for us. I think we want to know that someone out there is noticing us and, and just, you know, seeing what's happening in our life. Would you agree? Would you agree? Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's even more now in COVID. Do you think even even more now during this this time of COVID lockdowns, where we're we're even more hidden from one another, aren't we? And and so much of our life is happening in an online environment, and and the world just feels even bigger than it normally does, and uh, the world feels, you know, so much more complex and so much more changing. You know, what was, you know how like, what was okay yesterday 
it was okay to think or do yesterday suddenly like today is illegal mm. have you noticed that how, how like and it's just hard to to keep track of it all isn't it uh, and it's no wonder sometimes that we end up feeling quite helpless and and a bit confused and a bit lost and and you know uh, like a bit overlooked as well sometimes you know i wish i was kind of like where's wally and it's not that I wish I had like a red and white striped jumper or anything because red's just not my colour, you know, but um, uh, like, like I, I wish I had someone who, who would just stop and make the time to, to look and really see me, you know, see me as, as a unique individual with a special purpose and a, a unique identity in this world. I think if we're honest, you know, I think if we're honest here in the room today, I think if we're honest here in your lounge rooms today, I think if we're honest, we all crave, we all crave to be seen and noticed, to be valued and loved, whether we're old, whether we're young, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whoever you are, we all crave to be seen. I've got a text from someone recently and, you know, in this text, they showed genuine um, care and uh, genuine compassion for, for a difficulty I had been going through. And I felt so seen by them, you know, in that text. I felt that they really noticed me and, and understood me and, and got what was, you know, had been going on for me. And, um, you know, they, they resolved to help me get the, the, the support I needed. And you know what? I realized in that moment how much my soul craves to know that I am seen and supported and loved. Do you know, um, you're seen and noticed. You're, you're loved by God. He sees you. He sees you. You know, when the God who made the universe, think about this, when the God who made the universe sees you, I, I mean, you know, like that, that brings with it some pretty big and huge implications for your life, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It, it does. It really does. Um, and today we're going to continue on in our, our series on Genesis and we're going to read a story. And this is the story of Abraham and his son, Isaac. And it's the story of the almost sacrifice of Isaac. And it comes from an Old Testament book called Genesis. And it's in the Bible. And look, I'll be honest, this story is a little bit weird. Okay. And it almost gets gruesome, almost. But it has a happy ending. And some of you might already know what the ending is there is for that. Um, but, but more than this, it's, it's actually more than a story. What I love about uh, this story of Isaac and his father Abraham is that it's actually a signpost. I mean, we're surrounded by signposts everywhere, aren't we? You know, you, you can't go, you know, 30 metres without seeing some sort of sign on the street. We're surrounded by signposts and they, they point us to something, don't they? They warn us about something or they reveal a piece of information about something that is coming up ahead of us, whether it's um, a town that's on in the distance or whether it's a, a bend in the road or whatever it is, a signpost uh, points us to something in the future. 
And uh, this story is a signpost for us and it points us to something greater that God will do one day in the future. It's, if you like, a bit of a taster for us. And it tells us something about God's character, about his intentions and about his plans for the world. Here's what I think it points to. God has a plan for his creation and he is not going to let sin destroy that plan. I think we could even personalize that a bit. I think we could say God has a plan for you and he's not going to let sin destroy that plan that he has for your life. I mean, that's good news right there. And I reckon right now you need to press like a, a thumb or a heart because they're like the Pentecostal version of amen and praise the Lord right now. I think if you think that is good news, you need to like amen. Or if you're really excited, press that heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm on board with that. Hey, um, uh, and, and if, if you want to, if you haven't heard some of our previous um, sermons, go back and listen to our podcast, jump onto our website, CSC org and have a catch up on the previous sermons in Genesis because that's going to really put what I say today in better context okay but in a nutshell God has a plan for you that um and it's this it's for you to be united in relationship with him so that you can fill the world with God's good image how does that sound how does that sound? God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And that's to reunite um, you in relationship with him and, and to form the image of Christ in you so that you can fill the world with God's good image. That's a pretty high calling, isn't it? Hey, it really is. You know, I, I, I love preaching to people. It's, it's fun preaching to people. I mean, I know there's people somewhere at the end of this little screen I'm looking at that um, I must say I really appreciate people <laughs> to look at. Um, you know, like the rest of Genesis, this story that we're about to read, it, it shows God's intimate involvement in human society. I think too much of our world thinks that God is just this distant, faraway energy or a force or something. Um, I, no, no. God is intimately involved in human affairs through personal encounters with individuals. He is the God who sees you. He sees Abraham, he sees Isaac, and he sees you today. In this story, and again, I'm building up this story because it's going to be a good story. It's the story of Isaac. And we, we're actually going to learn, funnily enough, we're going to learn about Jesus through this story. And I want to say to you today, you need to know Jesus. Like if you are wondering why on earth on a Sunday afternoon you are sitting here listening to like, you know, some woman talk about some fella who um, lived thousands of years ago in ancient Mesopotamia when you could be looking at memes about politicians or funny videos about animals. I am telling you the reason you are sitting here this afternoon is because this story is far more important and far more life-changing than anything else you are going to find on your Facebook feed today. You know, knowing Jesus is more important than anything else. And, and if Jesus is not at the centre of your life, 
then nothing else is ever really going to make sense for you. I was going to invite Hillary to come up and she's going to help me uh, read this story. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to kind of interrupt her a little bit rudely from time to time. And I'm going to show you how this story actually points to the story of Jesus, the gospel story. And I think um, the parallels here are just stunning and quite beautiful. And I don't know if this is just like a nerdy thing that pastors get excited about, Hillary, but look, this excites me, you know, it really does. So... <laughs> Uh, hopefully there's a few of you out there that get it. No, you, you'll be excited for sure. Okay, come on over, Hillary. Um, all right, so off you go. And I'm just going to interrupt you from time to time. So sorry about that. I, I'm prepared. <laughs> You're prepared. <laughs> Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Like, what? Like burnt offering. Did you say burnt offering? I did indeed. Yes. Okay, so isn't this like the, the son, Isaac, the like the long-awaited, the long-promised descendant that God said, I'm going to give you a son and I'm going to make you into many nations. And, and, you know, Abraham and his wife, they're waiting. They're waiting for a son. They're getting old. And then finally there's a miraculous <laughs> son. And so you're telling me that God wants him to to what like burning to death like sacrificing um oh well i'm sweating a bit but that is what the text says <laughs> yes Annette. okay all right there must be some greater meaning in this surely 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 all Shall right I read on no no i'm going to say some more i'm going to tell you what the greater meaning is all right go okay on. here's the thing uh, look here's the thing to notice in this bit that hillary just read isaac is the loved son of the father Right, you got that? Isaac is a loved son of the father. Now, if we were to flick into um, the New Testament and like we're going to kind of like magic some words down there. I don't know if they're there. I can't see them, but hopefully, yeah, they're there. Magic. All right, they're there. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. All right, so who is Jesus? He's the loved son of the heavenly father. Do you see the parallel there between Isaac and Jesus? They're both the loved son of the father. All right, keep going. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown should, him. Should I get Hillary to act this out, like the donkey business? Oh, I've got a couple of people saying yes. I won't make you do that, Hillary. It's all right. Yes, I feel like I'm being typecast. <laughs> uh, on the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place far away. Okay, all right. Okay, Kate, there's a special word there. On the third day. Okay, did you pick that up? On oh. the third day. All right, now, all you Christians out there in the Christian world, on the third day, what are you thinking about right now? Hey? Yeah. Um, on the third day, here in this this Isaac Abraham story, we see this is when the climax of the story is going to happen, right here. Okay. Now we think that this story is going to end in death, don't we? That's how it's oh. sounding at the moment. We think that the climax of this story on the third day is going to be the death of Isaac. All right. Spoiler alert: Isaac actually gets to live. How? Well, we're going to find out. But in the meantime. Um, 
Mark chapter 9, verse 31. <laughs> um, so, so here's how our parallel to Jesus. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the son of man is to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. The third day, it's the climax of the gospel story. And we think that the gospel story is going to end with the death of Jesus, but it doesn't. Okay. The high point, the climax of this story is resurrection. It's life. And we're going to see that in um, Genesis 22. So keep reading, Hillary. Then, Ab then Abraham said to his young man, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his uh, son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. All right, okay. I'm just wondering, what on earth do you think Isaac is thinking right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, here's some wood for the burnt offering. Uh, carry it on your back, would you? <laughs> and I'll carry the fire and the knife. Let's go, Isaac. I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think he's thinking there, Hillary? I don't know. He'd, he'd be maybe sweating a little, <laughs> I suspect. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but what's interesting here is we see that on the way to the sacrifice, Isaac carries the wood for the sacrifice up the mountain. Now, again, hmm. if you're familiar with the gospel story, what does that remind you of? Let's have a look. John 19. 16 to 17. Then he handed him over to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself, the wooden cross, of course, uh, he went out to a place called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. Um, on the way to the crucifixion, Jesus carries the wooden cross up the hill for his sacrificial death. Keep reading. <clears throat> Isaac said to his father, Abraham, Father, he said, here I am, my son, he said, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood on the altar. He bound his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood okay so things are kind of heating up a bit like almost really heating up a bit here aren't they um does he strike you as being quite an obedient submissive <laughs> humble son very <laughs> yeah. yes like i mean i have trouble getting my kids to pair their socks and make their beds but um like like this son is like oh yeah bind me to the altar uh, raise the knife sort of thing and and we don't hear a peep out of him um yeah he's he's he seems to be quite willing to participate in the sacrifice, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, again, this reminds me of Jesus. Matthew 26, 39 says this, And going a little farther, he threw himself on the ground and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. So again, Jesus is the obedient son and he willingly um, gives his life on the cross. 
willingly obeys the request of his father. Keep going there. Then Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to kill his son. Whoa, 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 what do you mean he took the knife to kill his son? I said this has a happy ending, Hilary. What are you reading there? Well, I mean, it's right here in the text, Annette. <laughs> You're right, it is. Like, I mean, it's getting a little bit intense right now, don't you think? I mean, his son, it's bound, the knife, it's raised. I mean, I've promised everyone a happy ending. We need to give him a happy ending, Hillary. Um, like, Abraham's fully going to go ahead with his sacrifice, isn't he? Like he's seriously, he's not just kind of faking it. He is fully going to go ahead with this sacrifice. And, and he, he, he is offering Isaac there. He's offering him as a sacrifice. Let's have a look at the New Testament. What does that remind you about the gospel story? And here's a verse maybe you're quite familiar with. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, follow along if you want, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Here we have the heavenly father and he offers his son Jesus as a sacrifice for us. Keep reading. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. <laughs> For I know that you fear God, since you have not well uh, withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by, his thorn, by its horns. Abraham went and took him, uh, took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Okay, that's more like it. <laughs> that's all we want to hear right there. Isaac was supposed to die, wasn't he? But God provided what in his place? What did God provide in his place? What did God provide? A ram. And a ram, a lamb. Ram lines with lamb. Yes, it's a ram. It's a ram or a lamb. Okay, it's a sheep thing. God provided a sheep, all right, to take his place. And... If we go over to the New Testament, John chapter 1, verse 29, what are we going to see there? Well, no surprises here. We're going to see this. The next day, and this is John the Baptist talking, I think. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and he declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We were supposed to die. But God provides a lamb to take our place. He provides Jesus to take our place. That's good news right there, isn't it? Yeah, keep going. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars in heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves because you have obeyed my voice. Wow, I like that. That's that's good. Like like this this humble obedience, this this sacrifice, it actually makes a way for God's blessing. 
Okay. It makes a way for God's blessing and life and abundance to be given to Abraham and to be given to Abraham's descendants and most importantly, all nations. And, and you know what that means? That means that blessing is for us too. We're part of the all nations, the whole earth. We're part of that story. And if we have a look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, we see that that promise is truly for us too through Christ Jesus. Galatians 3, 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That sacrifice, it brings blessing for us today. Jesus saves us from the curse by taking our place. He swapped with us. His sacrifice makes a way for the blessing of God to be received by all people and all nations. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what your culture is, your race is. It, it doesn't matter. He has made a way for you to receive the blessing and the promised spirit of God. And with that comes life, the Jesus kind of life. We get filled with life and we are made new and alive. And I tell you what, um, that, that is the best thing in the whole wide world right there, isn't it, Hillary? Preach it, it, that. it sure on. is. It sure is. Finishes off there with uh, verse 19, hey? So Abraham returned to his young men and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. All right, thank you. Hey, why don't you give her a virtual round of applause by popping up. Oh, or a real one. I've got people. I'd forgotten I had people in the room. Well done. Um, or a virtual round of applause. Stick some, you know, emoji thanks or something in there for Hillary. I roped her into this kind of at the last minute and, and um, she's done an awesome job. So thank you. Um, so we saw in there, Isaac is a, um, a signpost to Jesus. Isn't there just such a beautiful parallel between Jesus and Isaac and between God and Abraham? And isn't it amazing to see how we're, we're kind of part of that story too? There's one verse in there that, that I, I didn't pull out that I want to focus on now. This is the real, the real clincher. This is where we kind of really um, drive things home this afternoon. And it's verse 14. It's verse 14. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So after you know, God provides the, um, the ram and after um, you know, he doesn't have to sacrifice Isaac, Abraham calls that place, the Lord will provide. Um, I, I don't know if you ever think about what the word provide means. It, it kind of sounds like a fairly simple word, doesn't it? Um, if you're getting creative, you can pop a really creative definition of the word provide there in the comments maybe if you're, if you're feeling really clever. Um, but if you've got your paper Bibles open or even probably on your phones, if you're following along with Genesis 22 on your phones, um, you'll see that there's a footnote there for that word provide, Okay. And, and that word provide, that Hebrew word, it could also be translated as the word see, all right, see. 
this this Hebrew word is is actually quite a complex and I think really special Hebrew word. Um, and I think the, the word provide just doesn't quite do it justice in our translations. And if you were to do a bit of digging around in the in the rest of Genesis and have a bit of a, a look for the other places where this word appears, because of course that's the best way of understanding what our, our Bible words are saying, isn't it? To have a look at them in context, to have a look at them in, in other places where those words are, are used. So if you were to have a look through the rest of Genesis, you'd see that word popping up in chapter 32, in chapter 29, uh, in chapter 16 as well. And, and if you have a read of those, those um, passages, you'd see that, that this word kind of means that um, God sees his people and he sees the strife they get into and he acts on their behalf to deliver them from that strife. He personally provides a way out of their afflictions. He personally provides a way out of their problems and, and he gives them, his people, his attention. He acts on their behalf because he sees them and because they matter to him. And so when we talk about the Lord being our provider, we don't mean he's our, our magic wish fairy in the sky, all right? He's not there to answer our whims and our whinges. Psalm, Psalm 46, verse 1, I really like this verse. This helps to unpack it a bit. God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. You know, this is, what, this is what it means for God to provide. It means that the Lord sees you. Psalm 34, 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Did you catch that word there? The eyes, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. If you are one of his people, he sees you. He sees you. He hears you. He hears your cries today. And not only does he see you, and hear you, but he provides for you. What does he provide? Well, many things, lots of things indeed. But there's one important thing in particular that he provides for you. And, and this, is, this is Romans 8.32. This is one of those golden passages that I just love in the New Testament. Do you, does anyone else here just love Romans 8? It's just, you know, if you're not familiar, you're going to know it. So let me read it to you. Romans 8, 32. Um, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Here's why you can trust him with your life today. He didn't hold back his one and only son. And if he didn't hold back his one and only son, is he going to hold back the other things that you need today? Like, do you know what this means? Like, it, it, it means he loves you and it means he will provide for you and it means he sees you. Do you need to receive that love today? I mean, perhaps, perhaps you need to receive it for the first time. 
or perhaps you already know Jesus, but maybe his, his love towards you hasn't been so real to you. Maybe you need Jesus to free you from the curse of sin and death and shame and guilt and condemnation. You know, you can do that right now. Like right now where you sit, right now when you listen, just invite him into your strife and into your life. Ask him to provide the new life that he promises for you. Ask him to be that sacrifice for you. Ask him to take your place. Ask him to be the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. You can do that right now. You can do it. He's listening. He sees you. He hears you. Romans 8, 35. Who then, who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or the sword. He sees, he sees what you're going through. He has no trouble at all spotting you in a crowd of where's Wally lookalikes on the face of this very great big planet. He sees you. He knows what you struggle with. Do you know that? Is that true? He knows what you struggle with. He knows what frustrates you. He knows what makes you angry. He knows what makes you sad. He knows what makes you anxious and fearful. He knows what you need. He's not distant and he's not far away from you. And, and he's certainly, he's certainly not holding back from you that's a lie if you think that jesus is holding back from you that is a lie from the enemy and i just i just say no to that lie right now i just break those things off in your life right now those beliefs those things you've believed about yourself those things you've believed about maybe your husband or your wife or your family i break those lies off right now in jesus name he is not holding back from you he has graciously given you all things. If he has given you his son, Jesus, then he's not going to hold back anything else that you need to live a victorious, a faith-filled life and calling. You have purpose and you have destiny and you just need to step into that and believe that it is true. So I'm telling you, he has that for you. Trouble and hardship and persecution, difficulty, they're not gonna, they're not gonna hold you back. You know, COVID, it's not gonna hold you back. Lockdowns, masks, no singing in church, like that stuff is not going to stop the love of Christ reaching you. It's not gonna stop the love of Christ ministering to you. It's not gonna stop the love of Christ blessing you. He's, he's bigger than all those things. Verse 37, no, in all these things, in all those things, in COVID, in lockdowns, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I'm convinced, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Nothing is stronger than the love of God that we experience through Jesus. It's stronger than death. And if it's stronger than death, then I'm telling you that it is stronger than whatever it is that you are facing today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Is that true? Because if it's true, like, like why are you complaining? <laughs> and, and why are you whinging? And, and why are you being fearful? Why do you allow your worries and your fears to, to overwhelm you? Why are you so complacent? Why are you so apathetic or, or helpless? Why do, you, why do you try and solve your problems without God? You know, why has your faith gone cold? You know, the love of God is stronger than anything else. And you know what? It's stronger than your apathy and your cold faith. It's stronger than your whinging and your whining and complaining. And, and perhaps all you need to do this afternoon is to repent of those things and turn and refocus your vision on Jesus. God sees your needs, but will you look to him to provide? Will you trust him? And, and here's the key. Here's the key. Will you, will you wait for him to provide? Like, you know, if you think back to that story, there was a gap, wasn't there? There was a gap between Abraham kind of climbing the mountain with Isaac, kind of remember, knife, wood, fire, ready for action. There's a gap between them climbing the mountain and a lamb being provided for the sacrifice. And you know what that gap is called? That gap is called the faith gap. That's the waiting and, you know, up until that final raise of the knife, Abraham, he's running on faith alone. I'm telling you, there's only trust there. He's got no real um, assurance other than the promise that God has previously made to him that this thing is not going to end in death. The whole time in this story, Abraham is saying, the Lord will provide. It's okay. It's okay. God, God will take care of it, son. It's okay. God will provide. It's okay. God will provide. Are you experiencing a trial or a test or a temptation? I wonder if you can say, God will provide. Can you say that? What needs do you have today? I, I want to show you an encounter with God in a, in a personal way that he can meet those needs through relationship with him. And, and that relationship with him will carry you through that trial and it will free you from that temptation. He will change the way you see yourself and the way you see others. Now, I believe that there, um, there are people here that need to hear this message today. You know, there are people in our church, actually there are people here in the room with me today. Um, their lives 
have been changed by Jesus and the gospel. You know, they've had amazing changes in their, you know, their, their identity, the whole way they see themselves in the world, um, changes, you know, their, their um, anger or their mental health, other things. It changes lives. This is real. You know, you can start a journey with him that will bring faith and hope and love and true life. And, um, you know, whether that's you listening to this live stream or whether that's you listening to this as a, as a recording one day, I want you to know that you can start that relationship with Jesus today. And if that is you, I encourage you, get in touch with us. Send us a little contact on our, um, or on our website or send us a message through our Facebook page because we want to support you in that journey. We can do like an alpha course or something with you. It's just an amazing way to explore faith and find out what all of this stuff means. So if that's you, get in touch and we want to support you in that journey today. Uh, for those of you who have been a Christian though for a, for a while, this is what I want to say to you just as I, I start to wrap up here. Will you, will you, in faith, climb the mountain he has asked you to climb? Will you trust him with the most precious and valuable things in your life? Will you look to him to truly provide for you? You know, the difficulties you see in your life right now, they really are quite small, but they seem large because of the way you're looking at them. And it's kind of like you have a log in your eye and it's, it's affecting your vision. It's making it kind of blurry. You need to remove that, that offense or remove that hurt. It's kind of like it's this load you are carrying through life and it is stopping you climb that mountain of faith. Others of you here um, listening to this, you need to stop trying to be seen and know that you are seen, okay? And then those, those things that you look for, they will start to fall into place for you. Stop trying to be seen and know that you are seen. Whoever you are, if you want to talk through some of this stuff, whether you're a, a, a Christian, whether you're part of the church, uh, maybe you're not even part of the church, maybe you, you're listening to this uh, from far away. Um, if you want to talk through some of this stuff confidentially, maybe you want to receive prayer or you just want to talk it out with someone, I, I'm happy to talk with you about this. Get in touch. Send a, send a message through to the, the church Facebook page or uh, jump on to csccoolman.org and fill out a contact us form. Get in touch with me. Let me know your needs and we can make a time to talk in person or online via Zoom, whatever it needs to be. I really want to um, support you with this. So whether you're a regular member of our church or whether you're just visiting with us here today, please get in touch. Please get in touch if you want to chat about this stuff. Let's, let's pray and I'll invite the, the musos back. Lord God, we confess that sometimes we work so hard to try to be seen 
and we we strive for things and we um we we work and we we really just don't stop and trust you with our lives so this afternoon we just want to lay aside all of those things that are causing us fear and worry all of those needs that we have and we're just going to keep you know journeying up that mountain we're just going to we're just going to confess that that you are lord and you will provide because we know that you see us you see our needs and so we just trust that you will provide for us and i thank you lord jesus that you provide relationship and um, blessing for us in Jesus Christ. I thank you that you provided Jesus Christ as that um, sacrifice for sin in our place. Lord, we just receive that this afternoon. We thank you, Jesus, that you have taken our place and that you um, now live in us by your spirit. We thank you for that new life that is found in you. For each of us who are maybe struggling with some areas of need today, we just place them before you at the cross. We look to you in faith. And would you just um, would you just increase our faith where faith is lacking in our hearts right now? Would you just by your, the presence of your spirit, would you increase faith? Increase faith, Lord God Almighty. Lord, I'm so grateful that that we don't have to live as ones who are insignificant and lost, but we can live as ones who are your people, your children. We are seen by you. And we are just so thankful for the, the, the purpose and the dignity that that brings our life. And uh, may we, in this coming week, may we just bring you honour and glory in those things we do. May we bring the message of the gospel into this world. May we shine your good image into this world. May we have an opportunity to tell other people that the Lord sees them. So we, um, yeah, we just commit the remainder of our time together to you. We thank you, Lord, that even though we are separated by physical space, we are, we are not we are not separate because we are unified together by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit resides in us.